Hello, interwebs, and welcome to Close Up. I'm your co-host, Joe. I'm Ryan. We're here to talk about Obi-Wan Kenobi, episodes one to three. And this will be... Where'd you get my lightsaber? I had oh, that as a is... child. So did I. This is uh, Circa Revenge of the Sith. Came out 2006 on this one, and I got uh, Anakin's here. 2004, it says on it. Yeah, we're relics. Just like these toys. Pretty sure my mom threw those out. Oh, no. Gave them away. I still have a Mace Windu one from 2002. Attack oh, of the Clones Zero. I know. Ooh. So we're here to talk about Obi-Wan Kenobi, episodes one to three. And this will be a full spoiler discussion, just so you know. You've been warned. Yes, we're aware episode four is out as of this episode's release. But we filmed this beforehand. So consider mm-hmm. this a time capsule of sorts. Our opinions thus far, our theories... All of them might change or be null and void. So, enjoy making fun of us naive simpletons in our future. We'll eat our words in the follow-up episode where we discuss episodes four to six. Yeah, so far it's pretty good. Though it could go downhill, but I don't think it will. Hope not. I think it's just getting started. Mm -hmm. Before getting into our thoughts on this show, though, we'll zoom into a medium shot from our extreme long shot to discuss our backgrounds with Obi-Wan Kenobi, our relationship with the character from the originals and the prequels, and what was our excitement level for this show going in. By the way, if you want our backgrounds on the Star Wars franchise as a whole, check out our review episode on Book of Boba Fett. Close-up number one. You can start us off, Ryan. Well, Obi-Wan, he wasn't my favorite as a kid. It was always Anakin. He just... Because I guess as a kid, you always want to be like the main guy. But slowly as I got older, and then especially watching Clone Wars, the character of Obi-Wan became my favorite. So I was very excited about this show. I love Ewan McGregor. I love Alec Guinness. They're both iconic actors and both put the uh, character of Obi-Wan on screen like very well. And... Uh, what's his name? The guy in Clone Wars who voices him all the time. Oh, uh... I have to look it up. Shoot. I should have done my research. James Arnold Taylor. Yes, that's it. It is him. He is... Every single person who has played Obi-Wan in, um, in almost every major show or movie has done phenomenal, and he just has so much wisdom. I think he has one of the cooler lightsabers. Strictly speaking, because Luke's lightsaber is designed off his Mm -hmm. from episode three and further on. Yes, yeah. I just think, especially older Obi-Wan, and a little bit when he's young, he's just a massive troll. Yeah, pretty pretty much. He loves playing jokes on now enemies or even Luke himself. Whereas, like, you lied to me. Well, you know, for a certain point of view. So yeah, that's basically my relationship with Obi-Wan. And what was your excitement level for the series going in? 10 out of 10. I loved it. I grew up on the prequels. Was excited that Owen was back. I always wanted them to do a movie or a show about Obi-Wan protecting Luke, being on Tatooine. Like, what happens in between, because we don't really know. And so I mean, that's far, not exact, that's not the show we're getting, but yeah, uh... so far it's not. They're just like, <laughs> leave Luke alone. Okay. So for me, Obi-Wan Kenobi is in short, my favorite character in the Star Wars franchise. 
I could probably do a whole episode on why I love him. I'm what about Max whole... Rebo. Max Rebo, great musician. Hope he didn't die in Mocha Boba Fett. What about Black Castanzitsin? <laughs> also cool. What about, that's about all I can say? What about Chopper? <laughs> Chopper is a. You said Obi Wan's a troll. Chopper is the absolute biggest troll in Star Wars. But, well, like I said, I could probably do a whole episode on why I love Obi-Wan. I'm writing a whole article on it at the very least for my website. But he's one of the franchise's most compelling characters, criminally relegated to a supporting role until now, besides a few arcs in the Clone Wars. Alec Guinness is iconic. He only had to explain the entire backstory of Star Wars in one scene. No pressure. For over a thousand generations, the Jedi Knights were the guardians of peace and justice in the Old Republic. Before the Dark Times. Before the Empire. Okay, and what's before the Empire, we wondered. Clone Wars, Luke's father, betrayed and murdered, the dark side, the Force, all in one scene this stuff is set up, all by Obi-Wan Kenobi. Ewan McGregor's take is the one I adore, and my preferred Obi-Wan. Controversial, perhaps, but I always loved young Obi-Wan's swagger, the effortlessly cool way he dueled, his dry wit, his vulnerability. Also helps that I'm just old enough to remember seeing Revenge of the Sith in theaters 17 years ago. Obi-Wan... Ewan is the only Obi-Wan I've ever known on the big screen. And by the way, the, well, like I said, the prop I used for that saber gag is 17 years old. We're relics. But uh, my hype level couldn't have been more high for this show. Ewan and Hayden would both be back. Oh, joy. But did this live up to our expectations so far? Let's get a new hour close up and find out. We messed up. We forgot to say hello there at the beginning of the podcast. It was too expected. We have to subvert expectations. Uh, you know me, I'm all for the memes, Joe. Every podcast would start with hello there. Hello there. I love how in interviews, Ewan's like, I didn't start that. That was Alec Guinness's first line. <laughs> but everyone I just associates took it from with him. Ewan instead, yeah. Because it's just a meme from, for him. Nobody really memes the original trilogy very much, no. compared to the prequels, anyway. Unless it's like, the, it's the one on TikTok where it's like, well, of course I do. It's me. And they use it for like, Different examples like, oh, who's the one who's always depressed or whatever? And it's like, well, of course I do. It's me. (laughs) I thought of, there's a funny meme I saw recently about Attack of the Clones. There was one over 1,400 lines of dialogue and only 200 of them are memes. And there's a picture of Obi-Wan Kenobi by the, in his Mm Starfighter. Let me try to widen the range. That's too smart. It's a good one. Okay, so are we going to get into our criticism of the show first? Are we going to rave about it a little bit? Our thoughts so far? What's, what do you want to, what do you feel like doing first? It seems you have more criticisms than I do. I just wrote them all down to keep them fresh. Just because right. I wanted to, I just wanted to refute them or discuss them at some point. The ravings gonna, are a little easier to do off the top of your head. Yeah, know? I'm going to start with the ravings. Yeah. Especially in the first episode. Well... In the first two episodes, this is how you do the Jedi has failed and has lost everything right. Instead of in The Last Jedi where Luke basically, he's he's all by himself. And the reason why this one's done right, it's because Obi-Wan wants to help. He does want to help. But if he knows if he does that, he's in, he's going to put himself in danger and everyone else. And there's moments... It's not like The Last Jedi where he just straight up gave up mm-hmm. and didn't... We're building back up to Obi-Wan being the hero again. There's right. 
there's an end point. It's not just, oh, he got depressed and stopped being who he was and, oh, then he died. It, yeah. This is... They're it's actually not, going yeah. somewhere with it. So this it's, is... This is the story I wanted to see in The Last mm-hmm. Jedi with Luke in the first place. It's not that... It's not like he, like, took his lightsaber and threw it in the water. He just buried it in the desert. You know, the most legacy lightsaber of all time. <sighs> his father's lightsaber. And... Yeah, he just buried it in the desert, which I thought would be, like, right next to his cave, but it, it's... It's all the Where way out in... All the way out in the dunes. How and did I was he just find like, it? That's what I thought. And then you could just think no the markers. Force. Yeah, but he's the Force. Just say everything's That's the not Force. That's not how the Force works, says Han Solo. Well, how does he know? I don't know. Maybe there's a GPS tracker on all the lightsabers. That only they can lock. That would explain why the Empire hunted down the Jedi so easy. Mm-hmm. They need those lightsabers. But yeah, basically... This Obi-Wan, he's, he's working at, like, a meat factory, kind of, but it's outside. The meat factory's outside. Yeah. And can we talk about how those little cubes of meat look delicious? They look so good. I just want to barbecue it. They look pretty And I want to chop yeah. it up and then eat it like they're little cubes. I think they are absolutely delicious. They look delicious. Obviously, I've, I eat meat. So that's the first thing I thought when I saw it. I was like, wow, that looks very good. And for the first episode, it's really just him going back and forth to work and then him hiding, going to his little cave. To which some people would consider stalking, but looking over Luke as he's exploring and doing his pretending to be on piloting a ship. Is stalking with a purpose still okay? It's debatable. Yeah. If you have a reason. If the ends justify the I means. I had a good reason to stalk you. He was potentially the chosen one. You know? Yeah. And he gives him the little ship from A New Hope. Which Owen that promptly uncle, throws back in his face. He throws back in his face, but it's probably still the same one. Or maybe it's a different one. Maybe Owen fixes it. Which I will say, Joel Edgerton. I hope I see more of him in this show. Because he's such an underrated actor. He got some pretty standout moments from the small screen time he's been on so far. Mm-hmm. I thought I heard Baru from Revenge of the Sith was cast in this show too, and we haven't seen her at all, so I'm hoping she shows up later too. Maybe, but I feel in like... the last episode even, if only just at the ending. Yeah. Who knows? But I think he plays that character so well, where it's just he doesn't care that Obi-Wan was one of the best Jedi's ever. He's just like, leave me alone. Leave me and my family alone. You're already like ruined my stepbrother's life by having him killed potentially yeah so leave this little luke alone you've done enough the jedi have done enough irreparable harm to my family just leave us out of it let us be Mm -hmm. farmers on this backwater world it's boring but it's safe Mm -hmm. my one criticism with that scene is that the fucking camera operator was doing this the whole time they're just having an emotional conversation. They're not in a fight scene from Marvel in 2016. You don't have to shake the goddamn camera. Put it on a gimbal. Or even a tripod. I don't care. Stop shaking the camera during dialogue scenes. There is some multiple questionable choices that way in the filmmaking. Which, <sighs> yeah. I notice it more in the fight scenes because lately I've been 
more critical eye for action, but mm-hmm. you're noticing it even in just dialogue scenes, which is also not great. If you go back and so, watch it, you'll 100% agree with me. But I think I did not the biggest at first, but now you brought it up, I probably won't be able mm-hmm. to unsee it. The biggest surprise and kind of joy that I've had watching the show is Little Princess Leia. Oh my God, they've that actress is fantastic. I see in your notes there's criticism of her. Of her Some being annoying. Think she's really annoying. She's a child. And she's, she's supposed to be annoying. And she's doing great. Leia, you could argue in the original trilogy, was a bit annoying. But it's her character. She's doing yeah. a phenomenal job. If you don't like little Leia, I don't know if you even like Leia. Because this is, this is very much still Leia. Yeah. Just half the age of she burns Carrie her. Fisher. She throws the mic down when she burns her cousin, calling her him a... And yeah. what was it like? A I don't even remember what she said. Something life form. It's like, yeah, well, I guess I don't have to talk to you then. I just like how she she didn't take his insults too personally. She just threw it back on him. Yeah. Oh, is a little kid gonna cry? He said she didn't belong. She's doing. Yeah, she that little. I was worried when I saw her. I was like, oh no, another child actor in Star <laughs> Wars. She's doing great. She's got the sass She's down. She's doing amazing. That chasing in the woods. <laughs> that was I don't terrible. know. I'm sorry. It's I heard bad. some people saying that like they were fucking with her and like running slow on purpose, but it's so bad. No, they She those... ducks under a tree branch and it's I know, a good that was... three seconds where the guy can see the tree branch. And he's like, oh, whoa. And I don't know. I was about to mention that in particular. I, you know, I was kind of just watching it on autopilot and then she runs under the tree branch and the guy runs up to the tree branch like he's running into a brick wall. And that's when I started thinking, um, yeah, yeah, no. That was the one that I, for the whole show, I was like, okay, that was bad. Maybe it was like they had a day to do it or something. But I don't know. It shouldn't have even been a chase scene. Yeah. It would have just been better if they just surrounded her. Just caught her, her. yeah. What, do they need two extra minutes of filler or what? Maybe. Who knows? If I was an editor on that episode, I probably would have just chopped that whole bit out together. You probably could have started it and ended it mm-hmm. and maybe things would have looked a little weird but i wouldn't have missed it i wouldn't have thought something was missing right so basically she gets she gets captured because she's hired by one of the inquisitors the new inquisitor reva reva who is the third third sister i'm gonna confuse all the brothers and sisters the rankings don't make sense they need yeah. to do in the next jedi Survivor. Jedi Survivor game. They need to. They need to do a whole mission. What's like? Here's what the Inquisitor <laughs> ranks mean, just to help me out. Yeah, they're not going to, but they should. And we don't know right now, as a time of recording, but Reva is obsessed with finding Obi Wan Kenobi. Which and I think I had two theories. One was I think she's trying to get closer to Vader for some reason because she knows somehow that he is Anakin, mm-hmm. and. I had another theory where Obi-Wan could have helped her out in some mission or some, I think maybe during, because the opening scene is them at the Jedi Temple. Which has to be relevant because we haven't gone back to it and we were focusing on those kids specifically, the the Jedi Master helping them escape and the kids saying, just keep talking. Yeah, the kids all getting out together and maybe Reva was one of them. I didn't pay too much close attention to their names or what they look like or anything. I just 
But I feel like she probably is going to be one of them in the end. Or at least it would make sense. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. Yeah. Because it has to be relevant. Maybe it's only relevant so we have real-life clone trooper armor on that's screen for the awesome. first time. Because in the prequels, you... it was all digital. Yeah. So maybe that's yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, as just, obviously it's not, but that'd just be kind of funny. Okay, yeah, I'm going to tell you my brother's theory about Reva because I haven't seen this theory anywhere else. He just he mentioned this in the first couple episodes to me, and I thought, hey, you know, look, that's pretty that's a pretty cool idea, right? So he he thinks potentially Reva's not a bad guy at all. Which, because if you're paying attention, she's all bark and no bite. First episode, she cuts a guy's hand off, sure, but she just intimidates own. I don't remember what Kumail Nanjiani's character's name was, but she. Kind of just took the information she needed, let him go. The only person she straight up tried to kill was the Grand Inquisitor, who's her boss, and probably even worse than she is. She pretty mm-hmm. much just goes around yelling and acting as tough as possible, but she hasn't actually done anything that bad or irredeemable. Besides capture a princess. <laughs> Which, once again, she didn't hurt her. She just... It's well, kidnapping. Kidnapping is bad, but... That's like yeah, every just, other day in the Star Wars universe. Someone I'm captures a toddler. We, ha- we haven't really seen her do anything super bad. She's pretty much all show at this point. Right. Just all, just intimidation is all she really has going mm-hmm. for her. We haven't actually seen her do anything I find threatening for real or show off or pay off how she's trying to build herself up as this big, tough inquisitor. Mm-hmm. I don't really know where she could end up. I think there's a reason they're trying to not make her super intimidating because you can't have two super intimidating villains at the same time, especially if one of them is, spoiler alert, Darth Vader. Yep. I think they want to put all their attention into him. Which, if they're going to do that, why did they even bring her in in the first place, right? Because Why even have this other person if they know could never live up? If you're going to second fiddle your other villain, why even have another villain? Just focus it up in the first place. Because Obi-Wan's got to kill someone at the end of this. You can't just be like, you know what I'm saying? Also, Grand Inquisitor, speaking of killing someone, Grand Inquisitor's not dead. There's no way he's dead. I'm so confused by it. Like, I thought they were going to address it in the third episode, but like, they don't address it at all. They kind of did. Just a little bit. Reva and Vader were talking about the Grand Inquisitor. And I think they cut her off just shy of saying that he, he was dead. They're talking about replacing him, but nobody actually confirmed his death. Maybe they replaced him with a screen accurate of what that species is supposed to be. Which wouldn't that be so weird if the Grand Inquisitor dies, there's these other people looking to take the Grand Inquisitor spot, and then he gets replaced by another Utapawan. That'd be hilarious. Who we'd never seen. So weird. But for that actor who was the Grand Inquisitor, he did a decent job for the screen time that he had. But I oh, want yeah, to talk he's, about he's I want to talk about Jimmy Smith and how he's basically like a golden horse for the prequels. He just represents a good a good side of the politics in Star Wars. I'm a fan of him because of Sons of Anarchy. Uh, mm-hmm. I told told this to you. He comes in during the fourth season, which is like an imbe- is it the fourth? Fourth or fifth? Fifth. Comes in in the fifth season. And he's not shoehorned in. He's kind of, he's there as a surprise, but he becomes a fan favorite and just becomes okay. a part of the show. He does a phenomenal does a phenomenal job. And in this, he tells Obi Wan he gives him a call on their secret 
hologram, which how, how have we not out there? How have we not made those yet? Like a hologram, you know what I'm saying? Anyway, I don't know. We're getting there. To call people. We're getting there. I mean, we have uh, you know, a not AI. What's it called? Do you freeze again? Yes, you did. So I'm just gonna a keep talking. Bit. Yeah. Right. So Bale calls him up, says, "I need you to come get Leia. She's just as important as Luke." And Obi Wan's afraid or whatever. He's like, "I can't do it. I'm, I'm, I have to, I have to stay here. I have to stay hidden." And so the next day happens, and Organa's just there, just in his hut. He's just like, "You're going to find my daughter because she's." He says something else, but like she's basically just as important as Luke is right now, and there's no one else who can do it but you. And I guess which is kind of funny in retrospect because, well, I know George Lucas had to tie into the original series by having Obi-Wan on the planet with Luke, but why didn't Leia get a Jedi protector? I mean, the twins were mm-hmm. equally, they had equal amounts of potential, so why were Owen and Beru not good enough caretakers that they needed? Well, it was just you know, he's He's way out. I think Leia was even more in danger because even though she had the Alderanian backing and she was a princess, mm-hmm. she was also closer to the inner rim with a father politician who works in the Senate frequently, Luke was way out on a planet that Vader never really liked. I think it was just because so, of, of them, right? It was just Obi-Wan and Yoda. And Yoda's like, I can't do this. I have to go into exile. I failed. Failed, I yeah. have. They didn't really know anybody else who was alive at the time. Yeah. So I guess they were like, I'll take the daughter. We always wanted a daughter. And it's yeah. cool to see Alderaan for a few, oh, yeah, I love that. For a few moments. Looks like a nice place to go. Well, they had to make it look beautiful to make us feel terrible that it gets destroyed later. Yeah, I hope I can go there one day. Anyway. (laughs) Great vacation spot. (laughs) I saw a meme where it's like, if Alderaan exploded and this little shit cousin was on it, I'll be fine with it. That was the the only reason. Oh, brother. So Obi-Wan goes to rescue Leia and on this whatever planet, this Daft Punk planet, cyberpunk planet, Finds, finds her, and they have their little banner. They're doing great back and forth stuff, and there's just little yeah. moments where Obi Wan says, "You remind me of someone." Some people thought it was Satine, but it's clearly really? Padme. I mean, yeah, that kind of crossed my mind briefly, and then I was like, "Why would he even?" That oh makes zero God. sense for him to be talking about Satine. And we just keep going. Makes zero sense for him to be talking about Satine, and then I realized he was talking about Padme, and then that's, well, that hits the feels. And they did it again in episode three, when they're driving in the transport, and that one hit me even harder, I think, when he's talking about, you know, they're trying to maintain his cover story, and he accidentally says Leia's name, oh, Leia was uh, her mother, and she just reminds me of her looking at her Mm -hmm. face, and yeah. Also that... I don't know if you saw, but someone like rewrote the prequels back in the, a while the ago. It's like, yeah, I think that was him. It was like, what if the prequels oh, yeah, were good? I watched good? all those. I watched yeah. all those back in the day, yeah. Those were good. And they had in their storylines that Obi-Wan was in love with Padme. So Making I, a love that's triangle. Probably was, not, that, yeah. That's probably not them hinting at it, but like they still no. have, they had a friendship in the prequels, so. I also thought it was, that hit me in the feels when Leia uh, asked, are you my real father? Oh, and he says, no, but I wish I could have been. It's like, I, yeah, I wish I could. And then I wanted to be like, what happened to him? And he just go, ooh, well. <laughs> a, a young pupil of mine named Darth Vader 
betrayed and murdered. Yeah, maybe he lied to Luke because he spilled the beans to Leia. There has he to be a point. came up with this lie 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. There has to be a point, now that I think about it, where Vader meets Leia. Not now, but probably later on in life, because they talk in A New Hope and they know each other. Like, on the ship. Or maybe they mm -hmm. don't have to meet, but maybe they just know of each other. Vader was kind of the Emperor's right-hand man, so I don't really right. know how much... I don't know how much he would know a senator, but I guess they would have had to meet eventually. Although I don't really remember how that conversation went. Take her away! Now, what I will say about... Speaking of... Going back to Padme for a sec, I feel like we have to have a scene where she at least sees a hollow recording or something of Padme. I feel like that's how they're going to address that old There's plot gotta be a of how did she remember her mother's face or something. There has to be a flashback of, like, Obi-Wan and Anakin or Anakin and Padme, because I understand why you bring back Hayden Christensen, because it's fun, but why do you bring him back besides that one scene where he's hooded out in the distance? They need to do more. And to be in the suit. We're three like, episodes that's, in. That's I'm fun fine they to know. Used him more, but yeah, that's yeah, fun but that, more. yeah, that's fun that they have him in the suit, and, oh, episode three is so good. They make... Not that he wasn't scary, but they keep making Darth Vader scary, and I love it. Just straight up snaps a dude's neck. He was a kid, I think, wasn't it? Like, yeah, he a drags kid. the father out, snaps the kid's oh neck, my drags God. somebody else through the city, starts and I brought this throwing up to boxes you. in. Is his lights, maybe because it was that, that night, but is the lights on his suit brighter than usual? It's very possible. I, it's a new suit. You brought this up to me the other day. I didn't really notice at the time, but it may Which, be just the way they filmed it. James Earl Jones comes back, and he puts on a monster performance. It's one of his he's, best ever. He's 91. Ow. I am what you made me. I was like, he's right. <laughs> I just love how sparing Vader's dialogue is. He's not overly talkative. He's not, no. he's not ruining his mystique. He's just he's very mm. calculated. Every word he says is just... Yes. Uh, Dab Obi Wan and twist the knife. And Hayden in the suit. I assume it's him in the suit while fighting or stunt double. But when he's fighting as Vader, he's not fighting as he did in Revenge of the Sith. He's fighting with like the one hand that he you see him in like Empire and in Rogue One. So mm -hmm. that that's very accurate. And I love that. Now, one thing I will say about Vader, and I wouldn't call it a criticism per se, because there is explanations around it. But I was wondering why he seems a lot more limber than he used to. He used to be a lot more robotic, but from... Mm -hmm. We're introduced to him sitting down, and then I noticed when he stood up... He looks like a child in that chair. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. he looks I mean, so tiny in the chair. He's literally, when I looked at him, he was literally like this. <laughs> I just noticed when he stood up, it was so smooth, you know? And then he's walking yeah. through the streets. And then I thought, okay, well, this Vader he's a is a younger ten Vader. Yeah. I was going to say, he's 10 years younger and a lot more aggressive still. He's a little less restrained mm -hmm. and robotic. You know, this is a Vader who makes big swings still. This is not a New Hope Empire Vader who's very measured and restrained. Mm -hmm. Vader in a New Hope, it's kind of like I was saying with his dialogue. He only does as much as he needs to. This Vader yeah. is still a little bit showy. Which is the bridge. So it's not oh a criticism God. per se, because there is reasoning behind it, but I didn't notice it as a bit Obi of a disconnect. Alive. Fantastic scene. All-time great Star Wars moment for me. All-time great. And I think it's an all-time great duel 
not the sense of scale, but just what it represents. Just mm-hmm. the anger he has towards him, the fear that Obi-Wan has. And Obi-Wan, I think he only says one line. He says, what have you become? Like, that's the okay. only, because he's just so scared of what he is. I've seen some people bring up how great it is that the very first time Obi-Wan activates his lightsaber in this series, it's not a heroic moment where you're like, whoa, this is Mm -hmm. so badass. He's finally doing this. He's scared out of his mind. He's desperate. And he does it more as a defense mechanism. He's he's just going for any weapon that he can find. There's nothing triumphant about this moment. Yeah. Which is... It looks great. It looks pretty awesome. Yeah. Lightsaber fight at night. Whew. Only lit by the lightsabers. I have a... uh, I have a painting that's not a real painting, but I have on my wall. And that's what it is from A New Hope. Oh, that's, that's beautiful. It was in like a local music store back at home. And oh, there was nice. that. And then there was the a Stormtrooper one. And me and my buddy were like, which one do you want? It's like, well, I want the Darth Vader one, obviously. And we rock, paper, scissors for which <laughs> one? Because we didn't want to both have the same one. Mm-hmm. And I got that one. So is that one of those metal so, posters? So, so sorry, Taylor. No, it's like, it's on like a canvas, but there was okay. multiple of them. So I think it's like printed. It's like, it's obviously painted, but then it was, it's a double, obviously. Like the Mona Lisa. You can't tell me that's the real deal. There's a conspiracy theory. I'm not going to go into it. I feel like a lot of museums put up fakes mm-hmm. just in case. Well, the fake one has cake on it now. Yeah, somebody. Oh, well, they tried. They tried. I think they escorted him out. They didn't arrest him they escort him out what is wrong with europe guy's gotta have a good arm on him though because i've been there before and there's a pretty big divider i've been there too there's yeah i think he hopped over the fence or something anyway yeah back to kenobi Kenobi. (laughs) not real world topics not that this discussion isn't about art but (laughs) oh but yeah i think that's all the good things like it's mostly good so far i love it See, okay, now so I'm going to be honest. The, I'm going to be honest. I ends. was on the. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's going to end. Yeah, let's just end it and pick back up. This is where we put the ad break. Sponsored by. Sponsored by no one. No one. Unsullied by sponsorship since 1989. So before we cut out, I was just about to say. Getting into, let's get into some criticisms now. Uh, I have a list here of criticisms of mine and other people's that I'd like to discuss, whether to agree with them or refute some of them. We only have about uh, 20 minutes left, so we'll, let's keep it rolling. So the first thing I want to say is it was brought to my attention at a certain point that it's cool Obi-Wan is rusty. I like that story. I like seeing him get his groove back and be, it's kind of like a video game. You know, I felt like it's Jedi Fallen Order. You know, you start at level zero. Mm -hmm. He can barely get into a fist fight. He can't shoot his blasters. Episode three, he's better at the blasters, but he still sucks at lightsaber combat. But, you know, he's getting his skills back, but he's terribly rusty. Now, the problem with that is that his whole job on Tatooine was to be a protector to Luke. But how is he any good at that job if he buried his lightsaber out in the desert 
and spent the last 10 years getting terrible at everything. If anything actually happened to Luke, there's no way this guy would be the one to protect him if it was an Inquisitor or Vader. Pretty good at cutting up that meat. Yep. Cutting up inanimate meat. (laughs) Maybe I would combat that and say if he's caught with the lightsaber, he's instantly fucked and taken away or killed. So that's why he's trained with a blaster probably over the past 10 years and used that and just tried to blend in with society. Mm -hmm. But also what good is he as a protector if he... If he's not on top of his game, you know, he, he's been training with the blaster a little bit, but he also wasn't a crack shot at the beginning. I took that as him relearning. He just seems so rusty at everything, but he, he still wants to protect Luke, but he's not right. doing his job very well. Now, I, like I said, I enjoy the story of seeing him getting his groove back, but from a logistical standpoint, the fact that he lost it in the first place is not a great premise, arguably, even as, as much as I like seeing it play out. Disagree. Feel free. I disagree. If you caught with that lightsaber, you are hung up in the city square, PG style, because this is Disney, like that one young Jedi in yeah, but the first the episode. Yeah, but what's the excuse for sucking at the Force and not having any other valuable skills? To sp- he didn't keep himself sharp. I understand not wanting to be caught with the lightsaber. Because Owen didn't want him to. Owen told him to fuck off probably for the past 10 years, so he's still overlooking him. He's probably embarrassed. He lost his Padawan, who was also a brother to him. His entire course, yeah. jet, his entire religion, his entire life fell apart. And I, and I think that. that's very, very traumatic towards him. And I think there's a part of him that wants to bury that literally and figuratively in the past and just kind of move on. You can st- So I think this series is him coming to terms with it's okay to still be that that Jedi, that leader, because in yeah. A New Hope, Alec Guinness is walking around with that thing like it's no problem. So and I know he him. will get there. I know he will get there again. That's not what I'm complaining about. I know they're building up to it, but my problem right. is, but my problem, which I didn't even think about till recently, till I saw somebody else bring it up, but I do agree is what's he even doing? I understand he's emotionally traumatized and he's got to go through that and he's got to sort some stuff out. But why are you here to protect this kid and let yourself slip? There's a version of this story where he's still a little bit rusty, but not flat out incompetent at the beginning. There's, I can see him maybe being rusty at lightsaber combat because sure, he didn't. Sure, he buried it. I understand. He hasn't had anyone to fight. Vader's still at the top of his game. I get that. But just in the first two episodes, he's pretty well incompetent in everything else. You know, he gives up his cover when he's with Leia. He's lost all ability for subterfuge. He got his ass kicked in that hallway by two guys in a fist fight, which, yeah, sure, maybe he hasn't fist fought in a while either. He could barely use the Force when he was saving Leia. You know, Jedi in their free time seem to like meditating and connecting with the force it's just even if he wasn't keeping up on lightsaber practice he should have been keeping up on something is all i'm saying and i know he will get more powerful as it goes he will he has to turn into alec guinness eventually i'm just disappointed with how how far he fell up to this point because it just doesn't feel like a logical 
It just doesn't feel logical that he'd let himself slip, but also call himself a protector at the same time. Like I said, I enjoy the story as it's going. It just feels like a bit of a contrived beginning to it, which I can't. Have you ever trained fist fighting by yourself with no trainer and no like opponent to box with? I mean, he could have kept up on the force too. You can train the force. He's also somebody. 10 years older. He's also 10 years older. And to be honest, when you're using the force, it, it takes probably a shit ton of energy. Yep. These are all like these are all worthy criticisms. I just think that you it's have just, to you, you have to see him. You have to Some see him at his lowest. It. You have to see him at his lowest for him to get back to where he was at. And, and like I said, I understand that story. And to I... combat what you said, he holds his own very well. I'm pretty sure he beats those two dudes up in the hallway. Oh, he does. That's part of the things I always liked about Obi Wan is that he's a more vulnerable Jedi compared to other Jedi. He's not the most. He was never the most powerful guy out there. Which I always like. He's an okay shot, which in Mandalorian they say it's the blasters that's the problem. He was shooting like stormtroopers in the first one. In the second one, he was... Mm -hmm. I mean, in the second episode, he was missing every single shot with his blaster. But in the third one, he was nailing every target. So I, I see that there's a progression. I'm just saying a lot of people, when they're criticizing the show, I can, I can kind of agree with them when they say they can't get past the premise. It's just kind of, are you willing to overlook where he started in this story? Can you buy that he started in this place? Yes. A lot of people can't, and I can see why, is all I'm saying. It's because they want I the can get past Revenge it. of the Sith, Obi-Wan. That's what they want. You cut out for me, so I'm just going to keep going. Okay, yep. They, they want him. They want to see him at his A-game, and right now he's not at his A-game. There's so much trauma and turmoil that he went through. And I think for probably the first maybe five years or even more that he's had to cope with that. You still see him meditate. You still see him talk, try to talk to Qui-Gon saying, Master, you still there? And he has to show up some at somewhat this season or this series. If he doesn't, it's going to be a massive disappointment. You cut out for me when you said you still see him meditating, trying to talk to Qui-Gon. Yeah, you still see him meditating, talking to Qui-Gon. So he's doing some train, which Qui-Gon has to come back during the oh, series. Oh, 100%. He's going to come back. I told Liam you before. Liam like loves, a... he loves coming back to doing Star Wars stuff, even if it's like Clone Wars. Yeah. In the new, like, Tales of the Jedi shorts that are coming out, he's coming back to play Qui-Gon. Oh, really? And his son is voicing younger him. That's fantastic. Which is brilliant. Now, and... I told you this the other week. It's a Chekhov's gun rule of writing, which if you yeah. show the gun on the wall in Act 1, it needs to be fired by Act 3. He said Qui-Gon's name in the very beginning of the show. He's trying, Multiple to times. He's trying to communicate with him. So if they don't bring Qui-Gon in in any capacity by the end of this show, that's just a failure on the writers. And That's a failure, yeah. And people would be right to be upset by that. He has to have his training canon-wise from Qui-Gon in order to become a, a Force ghost. Mm-hmm. All right, so we got we to keep moving along. I think we covered this point pretty thoroughly. Let the man be sad. That's all I have to say. And I can say I get where you're coming from if you don't like it, but if it's just if you can get past it. So the second thing, now this was first brought up to me by my brother, even in the first two episodes. He was a little bit upset by it, but now he's flat out angry at it because he's a big music guy. and. He thinks the music in this show is just straight up bad. Or at the very least, 
lots of missed opportunities. Mm -hmm. Because now I'm kind of paraphrasing him because this is his argument, which I feel I'll bring to the table on his behalf because I'm not a huge music guy. I don't really notice this stuff. But he's saying to feel like a continuing story. This is Anakin versus Obi-Wan. This isn't just random Disney plus show adventure like, well, even something like The Mandalorian. It's disconnected from the main saga. It doesn't matter what the music is doing in there because it doesn't really, well, it does, but it's not, it's not as connected. In this show, when you see Leia, there's no Leia's theme. The first time Obi-Wan uses the Force again and he's struggling, no Force theme. No, the music, my brother, he kept noting how the music they used in the trailer sold this series and got him more excited more right. than the music they actually used in the show. They don't use any of the prequel themes. They don't use the character themes. They don't use any of Anakin's themes from Revenge of the Sith. He mentioned mm -hmm. Anakin's betrayal, Imperial March. None of that. All of which would elevate the series, make it feel more connected to what came before and after, make it feel like a relevant part of the story. But when you take out that music and replace it with an original score, which he's not really a fan of, and I can kind of agree because Star Wars is about big music. It's about, it's not supposed to blend into the background and just be mm -hmm. just decoration you don't notice. When you have music like that, it hampers what could be more special. It would make certain scenes a lot more special. Mm -hmm. And you probably will see YouTube videos edited eventually with people throwing in the Obi -Wan music. Obi-Wan Vader fight, but better. Yeah, blah, and, you know, blah, my blah. brother, he started doing that on his own. I don't think he's going to... I don't think he's actually going to post any of it, but when he put the music in, just he did 20 minutes of work yeah. on it. And honestly, it was better than the original scene, just saying. Yeah, I didn't really, I didn't really notice the music between the fight, to be honest, because I was just so hyped about it. I was just... Exactly. The, I, and is, I'm... I would say I'm more on the side of your brother where music is important and I did a whole I had to do a whole project about the importance of music during film and television. And Star and I Wars do, is music special. Yeah. It's a very special kind. And I did I did uh, now that you say I did know is there was just I would say it's subpar. I don't think it's horrible. But yeah. there's no there's not like a Mandalorian theme at the end that like no. you that you remember. There's nothing really memorable. So Lots maybe they're maybe they're saving it for the last free but if they're not doing it now who knows yeah see that's where the, that's where my brother was coming from because the first two episodes he forgave because he said okay they're just they're just starting out i'll see where it goes but then an episode the force theme is that when luke's on the that's binary the sunset sun? that's binary the, sunset that's What's the, the first time it was used yeah yeah i think that's technically called luke's theme but yeah. it's used for both i guess that's what i argue with my brother about too but he's like no it's the force theme it's often which is why I thought Rey was a Skywalker, because in Force Awakens, that theme is played, because it's technically called the Luke's yeah. theme or Skywalker theme, but whatever. All right, so moving on to another big thing people really hate on Reva. I mm -hmm. am a, I'm a critic of Reva. I'm not a hater of her. I've, my biggest problem with her is... See, I don't know if this is a problem with... I think her name is Moses Ingram, is the actress. Yes. I don't know if her performance is her acting choices, choices Deborah Chow made her do as the director, or if she gave multiple kinds of performances, which Deborah Chow and the editors chose later. But I don't... Her performance isn't selling me on this villain. 
she's like I said, she's kind of all bark and no bite. I don't know if I'm supposed to feel intimidated by her or just feel sorry for her that she wants to be a great inquisitor and nobody takes mm-hmm. her seriously. I don't really know how I'm supposed to feel about her at this point. And I think that's not great for halfway through the series. No. But the reason I'm not super critical of it yet is because I don't really know anything about her yet. I'm willing to see how her story plays out from episodes four, five, and six. And maybe I'll come back in our follow-up episode Mm -hmm. and say, yeah, Reva was a massive disappointment. I don't think they handled her very well. Right now, I'm still cautiously optimistic there will be payoff. Mm -hmm. My theory with Reva is that I saw a TikTok about it where people were criticizing her character and I theorized that she's one of the newer ones or she looks like it just because she looks less this is not really a, a great criticism but like she looks less evil than the other ones yeah, so she's probably my, younger. So newer. I think she's trying she's showing off she's not showing off but she's trying maybe too hard that's why the other inquisitors are telling her to like not be patient, whatever, but like, we're going to take over because you're going at this way too hard. So I think she's trying to show off a little bit. But it's not just about showing off. She's straight up undercutting them and stabbing her boss in the back or the stomach. You know, I there's do the same. I do the same. I did all a... the work and you're going to take over? Stab. Yeah. That was a shocking moment because we all know he's not supposed to be dead. You and I talked about this on our Batman slash Kenobi trailer discussion yes. where we were talking about how you bring in all these Inquisitors that we know make it out of the in the future are in Rebels, right. which we thought undercuts the stakes. And then they pull something like that in episode two, and it kind of throws us off balance because mm. we're thinking, what, did she just kill Grand Inquisitor? Is Rebels not canon now? Is <laughs> Rebels not take canon out anymore? The, they just take out that Which I would hate, but also not hate at the same time. <laughs> I know you're not a fan of it. That's another discussion. I'm a fan of some of the episodes. (laughs) Yeah. So my thing about Riva is, and I told this to you before, I nearly equate her to how fans think of Hayden Christensen's acting in the prequels. Yes. In that when she's talking, I'm not a fan necessarily of her delivery. But, and like I said, I don't know if that's the actress's fault or that's just how she's directed. I don't know. But when she's not talking, when she's just standing in the background, I think she comes off. She's way more intense. Yeah, she's way more intimidating, way more compelling when she's not speaking. When when I'm watching her actions, Mm -hmm. she's compelling. When I'm listening to her, it just feels like, yeah. Yeah. I just don't I just don't know what to think of her when she's I actually I think she had she had a really good moment at the end of episode three when she's captured Leia. And she is off yeah. screen, but it's like, don't worry, she was I'll reserved. protect you. That was yeah. reserved, and that was really good. She's so better who when knows? she's going smaller, yeah. Now, I think we also have to address that the way certain fans have been treating her is mm-hmm. pretty disgusting and reprehensible, and fans should not be that way. It's okay to be critical yes. of performances, but don't, don't hate on actors. Don't take it personal. They're just doing a job here. And while yeah, a lot of people say there's a, a lot of racism being hurled out as well, that's kind of related, but also separate. I think don't hate on the actors for their performances. Mm-hmm. Don't personally attack them at all. 
it's just if you don't like the yeah, work, I think, that's fine. But I think Owen McGregor said it best where if you're attacking someone based on the race or based on the persons, you're not a Star Wars fan or any fan of mine. So it's yeah. not it's not acceptable. It's not it's not welcome in this community that we have and it's just just you need to you need to take a look in the mirror and really talk think. Star Wars is all what your actions are causing. Star so. Wars is all about fun and hope and just a diverse coalition of mm-hmm. aliens and people and whatnot. The what are you, Imperial? You know, the Imperials are notably anti-alien and the Imperials were based on Nazis. Nazi troopers were called stormtroopers. George Lucas overtly based them on the Nazis. So to attack somebody based on their racial traits in real life and act like you're a Star Wars fan, you clearly miss the point of the whole story. Or you just like the bad guys, which... Yeah. If you like the bad guys because you are one of the bad guys, that's... Yeah, it's disgusting. It's it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be brought up, and you need to take a real long look of the type of character you want to be. Now, also to be clear, we're not equating anyone who criticizes her as we're not saying you're you're a racist if you, unless you're specifically attacking her race, because I know a lot of people say you know anyone who's bullying her is just being racist, which that's not what we're saying. There is a, there are two different kinds of attackers. Some are, but some aren't as well. Yeah, some of the racists are just bullying her in general. But not everyone bullying her is a racist or doing it for racial reasons. But the point is, don't bully, don't harass, think twice before you post something. Yeah. That's our PSA. Back to the show. Uh, yeah, so... We kind of talked about this already, but maybe the biggest criticism I've seen of the show is a lot of people feel like this does not feel like the Obi-Wan Kenobi they know. They feel like it's a little too reminiscent of Ryan Johnson's take on Luke Skywalker in Episode Eight, the disillusioned former hero who lost his step and he's he's not the same guy we knew, and Ryan and I make no qualms about saying we did not like that version of the story, but I feel like this is that version of the story done a lot better. I think it's... I think people are being a little bit impatient when yes. they call him Jake Kenobi, like they called Jake Skywalker. Jake Kenobi. You never heard that joke? Like Jake, Lo- like the kid? Oh, uh, people used to call Luke Skywalker in episode eight Jake Skywalker because... They felt he didn't feel anything like Luke Skywalker, so they called him Jake Skywalker. Oh, I never, I never heard any of this. Oh yeah, they called yeah, Episode Eight Luke is Jake Skywalker because he's not really Luke Skywalker. They, so they call right. him, they're calling this version of Obi Wan Jake Kenobi. Okay, like he's not the genuine Obi Wan Kenobi. He's just somebody different, which I think is unwarranted by Episode Three because they're clearly telling a longer form story. The Last Jedi wasn't really bothering with. They have an end game here that I think will be well, more here's satisfying. My, here's my rebuttal to those types of criticisms. What do you want him to do? You want him to just be Alec Guinness right away after he's lost everything? Or like even worse, don't... just be a meme spouter, you know, start yeah, with... Yeah, like... These are the people... 
Do you he want didn't him to say be... hello there as his first line? One Do you star. want him to be his like episode two like version of himself? Like you have to see like he's he went through a genocide. He survived a genocide. He's not gonna be a meme lord, or he's not gonna be Alec Guinness. So yeah, it doesn't feel like Obi the Obi-Wan we know and love because he's going through something that is traumatic. So just be patient, shut up, enjoy the fight scenes, enjoy the dialogue between him and Leia, and just be patient. And speaking of lack of patience, I've seen a lot of people annoyed with episode three because a lot of people genuinely seem to feel that their confrontation in episode three was the big rematch. And I'm like, no, no. You think Vader's going to get brought in now and just sit, sit on the sidelines for three Imagine more episodes? Imagine you don't did. think, yeah, you don't think Obi-Wan's, yeah, then I would be disappointed. I will say I will eat my words if in the next four episodes, three episodes, that's it. I will say, yes, you were right. That's disappointing in retrospect if that's all we got and that was it. But that's not it. Yeah. <laughs> no way in hell is that it. The creators, the actors themselves have hyped up their fight scenes together. And if that was it, there's no way that's it. There's no way. Yeah. They wouldn't waste. I think episode four is going to be very interesting. I think there's going to be a flashback or something. It's got to be. I hope. Because maybe because here's here's my thought. Here's my prediction. Because Obi-Wan just got burned half his his arm and whatever is half burned. So I think he's going to be like healing whatever and like during his like in and out phase there's going to be flashbacks or that's what i think is gonna happen because good call good call. hollywood and movies love to do that where like a character is really hurt and so they do a bunch of flashbacks to like because he's going through he's going through pain or whatever and, and he's just remembering that's my prediction and i think that's a good prediction okay so oh yeah one last thing i want to say we got to wrap up soon. We're coming up on our time, but I just, I want to give a special shout out to you and McGregor for just being an absolute class act and brilliant actor in this show. He's the highlight of the whole thing for me. Like I said, I was a huge fan of him for, since I was seven years old and he doesn't disappoint me. You know, maybe the writing, I have a little bit of problems with sometimes, but you know, you and McGregor, you're, you make this fan happy, so keep doing what you're doing. And I hope this gets a season two. I hope this wraps I up pretty it, well, yeah. too. He said he's on board for a season two. Oh, yeah. Who wouldn't be? So unless you got anything more to say, we should probably wrap up. Old clone trooper. Quinlan Voss. Name drops. Next one? I don't know. Yeah, I love the <gasps> Quinlan. Oh, no, wait, it doesn't make sense. I was going to say, do you think they'd be in a Silka cameo? But I don't think it would make sense. What do you think Cal Kestis? What do you think the chances are Cal Kestis is going to show up? Because I hear Jedi <laughs> Survivor, Jedi yeah, Survivor set five years after the first game. It's set in this exact period Cause, of time. Because Fallen Order was five years after, and then Survivor's five years after this. And so I told I you, you when I, I texted you, I don't think he'll make a cameo in this, because I think some people will be like, who the fuck is that? But I think maybe Obi-Wan might make a cameo in Survivor. Maybe. I just don't know what the point is. You cast Cameron Monaghan and not bring him in live action. He's a he doesn't usually do mocap roles. It's not like he's just a video game exclusive. Yeah, but actor. they didn't do they didn't. Yeah, like obviously that was probably planned for the future. 
but that was like the whole they didn't know how successful Fallen Order was going to be and they just wanted to cast a like a brilliant actor. I don't know about that. I think they they hedged their bets casting an actor who's known for being in film and TV just in case they could synergize. Yeah, but like mocap actors, they're real actors. They well, could have cast anybody. They don't always but they don't always but Cameron Monaghan is was in cast, stuff. Yeah, they they cast a great actor. I know, but that's what I'm saying. He's a bigger name actor than most mocap actors. I know mocap actors are real actors, but right. they're usually not as known before the game comes out. Cameron yeah. Monaghan was already a thing that's before fair. Fallen Order. That's fair. And I yeah, feel like that in, was a very intentional choice. Shameless in Gotham as well. He was definitely, I think, yeah. a good selling point for some fans. Exactly. And I'd be disappointed if we didn't get to see him in live action mm-hmm. at any point. We saw a, B- a BD unit. Mm-hmm. Boba Fett. They're already teasing that. So we still don't know if it's the BD, but it's not. It's not. It's another unit. All right. So let's let's wrap her up here. Plug your socials. All right. Well, you can follow me, Ryan Walker Official, on Instagram and TikTok. You can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Thoughtplane Media and our Facebook page of the same name. Find further film discussion and entertainment reviews on thoughtplane.ca forward slash articles. And if you'd be so kind, you can support Thought Plane Media on Patreon, link down below. Also be sure to leave us comments and reviews as that's a big help, and how about clicking that like button if you enjoyed this? We hope to see you on the next close-up with Ryan and Joe. Till next time, and may the Force be with you. Hello there.